Welcome back to another episode of the Geeksman Podcast. And on this episode, I will be talking with Richard Ryle, the right gentleman of the Litmus Steam Band. <laughs> Wait, isn't it the Litmus Steampunk Band? Ah, there's a reason for that. And if you want to know why and learn more about the band, then sit back and strap in because the show is a go. You have my sword, her bow, and her phaser. You have our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are united by what we love. We are united by what we all right, and this is the Geekspin Podcast, episode number eight, where I'm going to be interviewing Richard Ryle from the Litmus Steampunk Band. Richard, welcome. Hello, how are you? I am quite excellent, and yourself? Um, bloody marvelous. In fact, I'm shit hot and sexy. <laughs> uh, so, what brought you into steampunk? Uh, I was just going to work one day, turned right, and there it was. Uh, it's one of those things like, when the, my band first started off a long, long time ago, uh, we were an Irish band. You wouldn't know about Irish music in Canada, of course. I'm sure it's That's never reached no, there. Oh, nothing about it, nothing. <laughs> nothing coming of the Americans. Yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, I started doing that, and I got fed up with it. I thought, oh, God, it's boring. It's the same three chords, and you always <laughs> got to sing about prostitutes drinking and going on a boat somewhere uh so uh, i decided to start a an originals band so that was just an ordinary band it was just called litmus uh, and then i thought some of the songs i was writing i had in my head they were sort of edwardian feel to them but i didn't know what it was all about and then for some i don't know how it was just i popped onto the internet one day god bless it and there was this thing about steampunk and i thought ah that's it that's what i've been thinking about all these years and from there on in because my first five albums were just um, ordinary stuff. I don't even we don't even play any songs off of them. And then the next mm, eleven so, uh, albums were all steampunk. So uh, apart from one, which the last one, which was a electro swing, I went jazzy for some reason. I had to get out of my system. Uh, so that's what we've done, and we've come become steampunk. And then uh, trouble with this where we are in this part of Australia. If you can imagine Australia being in the the backwards of the world, Townsville, where I am, is in the backwards of Australia. <laughs> we're up north. We're in the pointy bit of Australia where it's all tropical. Um, we've got lots of crocodiles and things that want to keep trying to eat us, but uh, we've stopped them. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, so they like playing covers. So we played mostly interstate and uh, out of town itself. It's a, an army town that we have here. So they like to hear Guns N' Roses and, um, you know, Eagles and things like that. And if as we had started, we had a three-piece band playing guitar, mandolin, and a violin. They're going, "Can you play Prince's songs? Can you play November Rain?" <laughs> yeah, of course we can. I've only got these three instruments. It'll be no trouble, mate. No trouble. <laughs> so uh, eventually, I had to draw the line. So look, this is it. We're doing this now. You either can stay, or you can go. And if one stayed, so uh, we've had a few changes over the years. But this, what we've got now at the moment, is a four-piece. Though I am looking for an accordion player. If anyone wants to move to Australia that's got an accordion, come over. Actually, accordion seems to be becoming uh, more popular in uh, a lot of the music that I've been listening to, at least within the new uh, nerdcore community. Oh, there you go, see? 
Yeah. There used to be banjos. People used to have banjos, and they always said that you never leave a banjo in the back seat of your car, because if you do, you'll come back and find the windows broken and there's ten more banjos in there. <laughs> uh, might be uh, Weird Al's influence. Yeah. Well, so, there you go. Good on yeah. you, Weird Al. So, how did you get your start in music? Um, it was really weird because I, when I was a little wee little kitty, I used to play the violin when I was about, because so, I was born in England. So I, uh, uh, how was it? It was, a, I think what it was, I was about 11 or 12. And we had this really nasty lady who was really old and really hated teaching music to kids. But she obviously got paid money to do so. And she did so. She put us all off after two years. None of us did it anymore. So I had nothing there for years and years. And it was all in the back of my head of songs and things that I always used to listen to. I always used to listen to lots of music. And then in my mid-40s, would you believe, <laughs> I discovered an Irish band and Irish music. And I thought, oh, look, he's playing a thing called a baron. That's really easy. I'll play that. So I bought myself one of those, bashed a buggery out of it. And then I thought, this is not going to get me far. So then I bought a mandolin because I thought everyone has guitars. So yeah. I started playing the mandolin. And then I thought, this isn't going to get me far either. So I had to get the guitar. And then I started singing because the, the band I was in, then the Irish band that I joined, um, that fell apart because a couple of well, the main person who was in charge of it died. He passed away, uh, and it all fell apart. So uh, I then started my own up. I bought all the PA gear and uh, started my own little thing up. So how and long have I you actually been recording for? Uh, how... Well, I'm in my little studio at the moment. If I had a camera on, you'd see all this stuff. It's like ah, oh, like super expensive. Mm -hmm. Not. Uh, uh, but then behind me, I've got about uh, oh, it's about seven or eight thousand CDs on this shelf, which fell over the other day on my bloody expensive guitar. Oh dear! And made a little bit of a dent in it. So I've got to try to get that fixed. Uh, yeah, so uh, a bit. So I've been doing it in the studio in here. Uh, let's have a look. So we've done sixteen CDs, and I think that's over a period of about ten years. I think. Wow. Yeah, I think it's ten years when I first started recording. Because we used to have, it was it used to be just me and about five or six girls. Right. And then they all started fighting amongst themselves, and I got out of there quickly. So I changed. Oh, I was yes, it's no, they were really nice girls, but a couple broke up with boyfriends, and they decided they were going to leave and the town and all that sort of thing. So now we've got the four we have now, which is myself, uh, Sharani. It was Miss Ruby Snow, uh, Keith, who we played with on and off because he went over to Hong Kong for a little while to do some teaching. Okay. Uh, and then I have Chris, who's our drummer. So uh, we're a nice little four-piece unit, but we just need a lead instrument. So either a keyboard or an accordion. I have a young lady called Susan I get in to do violin for the recordings, but uh, she's too busy with work to be able to join the band. The Litmus Steampunk Band has a fairly unique sound. Uh, how would you describe it? Uh, we sort of tell everybody that we're like a folk cabaret pop band. Um, that's the only way I can sort of think of it, because it's a mixture of everything. Because I used to, I basically, I'm not the best guitarist in the world, but I like, I like, yeah, well, when you get a, a acoustic guitar, you're supposed to be nice and delicate and everything. I don't do delicate. Now, delicate's for wussies. I get my big fat <laughs> sausage fingers and I hit those strings really hard until they're broken, the strings that is. Which is why I've got a lot of strings <laughs> mm. packets here to replace them all. So, uh, but otherwise, it, so we're, we're sort of like a, 
yeah, like that. I, I, every time I write a song, like I'm doing some songs now, writing some up for the next CD, um, and I always have sort of like a little picture in my mind. Uh, then I like to make them so they're stories, so that instead of being just like, a, oh, I love you, love me, love, and everybody else loves, and then uh, blah, 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 I like to have it so there's a little narrative going from the very beginning right to the very end. If you listen to some of the CDs I've done, especially the earlier ones, the steampunk ones, there's some songs that have a little um, vocoder intro to them. Now, that was part of an ongoing story, so if you ever put more together, you'll find it's a continuous story. And the idea was it was never ever going to finish, so it's just going to keep going. So uh, I've been meaning to write some more songs to go onto that story. Now, what's the whole, I guess, concept behind the Litmus uh, steampunk band? Because it seems like it's a band of ne'er-do-wells. Yes, we are. We're ne'er-do-wells, uh, uh, dear. Yeah, yeah, show us your wallet, I'll take all that money, thank you very much. Oh. No, well, we sort of changed. We started off like that. Everyone has a story, and now we've decided we're going to be... Um, uh, a bit like Captain America in the Winter Soldier thing, where, <laughs> where we were, we were in, uh, we launched a rock. Where's a song called "We Launched Our Rocket," which was made out of the finest mahogany, and uh, we took off to go to the moon. And then one day we didn't quite get there because we realised, of course, it was steam powered, and there's no air up in space. <laughs> made it hard to combust the coal, uh, so we crashed and landed in the uh, Antarctic. And then with, that's when we were picked up and defrosted. 150 years later. Uh, we realised we had no skills whatsoever, so they chucked us up here in the top part of Australia, and we decided we're going to be a band, we've got nothing else to do. So I have a little intro that we put on the USB that goes for about three minutes, We explains all that on a little bit of a, a backing track that I made up for a, a bit of an, an instrumental backing track, and then with uh, the voices coming over saying, oh, we were back in 1858, and so on and so forth. When the bastards laughed at us and call us stupid when I said that we were dying in the attempt we forced our anger into something something that would show Content. We said that we would land upon the moon. Our rocket ship would leave that afternoon. The Tesla coils were charged and fully
the gauges said There could be something Not far ahead We couldn't see How could we know What a rock the size of us It could be stuck In that blind panic We turned ship too fast And our engine full of steam Let's out of gas Our fly will come The teeth will fully strip That was the end your uh, songwriting process like um well what i normally do is i'll get the guitar out um and i'll just sort of strum a few chords and get some little patterns going and then um, sometimes a little melody come in my head and that'll start me off and then i'll put words on it occasionally i'll get some words first and then i'll just build a song around it but a lot of the times like the one just the last one i just wrote which was um oh, what's that called oh, no. uh, where's my little folder for this one the most unusual chap uh, that was in the shower. <laughs> I had the little the melody was in my head while I was having a shower, and I thought, "Oh, quick, quickly get out, drive myself out, get to my little dictaphone, and that's a then record it over the dictaphone to make sure I didn't forget it." So, uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I don't have too much trouble writing. I've actually, I think I've written about three hundred and fifty songs. Okay. Uh, some will, some will never get recorded. Some are rubbish, and some are some are good. But uh, uh, I, I don't really find it too hard to, to write songs. I know some people do, but I don't know. It seems, seems to be rather easy for me. Uh, but I don't take too long. It's no point if you can take forever. There's no point in doing it. Well, it's a bit tricky like that. Um, most of the CDs is basically, well, 90% is just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I found it really is a lot easier just doing it myself to, to, to say, Are you coming around? No, yeah, I'll come around this Saturday. Okay, then they turn up. No, I'm not coming around this Saturday. I'll come around next Saturday. Okay, no, I can't do it now. Something else has happened. So... Uh, because I've got my own little studio, I could just get up and do it like whenever I feel like it and uh, want to do it. Uh, and then I'll get, I had used to get um, Jason that comes and does some bass, uh, some brass work when I need some trumpets or some flugelhorn or something like that. I'll get Susan for the violin and sometimes we're backing vocals. Uh, and then I've had a, uh, a friend doing um, uh, young uh, Paul, he'll come in and do some bass for me every now and then. But the rest of it, I just basically just sit there on my little keyboard and press buttons and go okay dee, 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 on the keys that sounds all right that's in the right key as well i'll keep that and then add bits to it and add, as i'll go along like i i don't play keyboards but i can play uh studio keyboards right which means i can go da 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 and then right overdub it that's this is use the left hand now bah, 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 bah. right put some more on top of that so it sounds like it's oh that's really lush and it's just me overdubbing it about 10 times <laughs> <laughs> do you write the instrumentation or uh, is that you just kind of write your part, and then the rest of the band comes in and fills it in. So you do all your recording at a, at your home studio, then? Uh, you don't uh, record outside of? Uh, the very first one we ever did, and half of the second one we ever did, it was where we recorded outside. Um, and then once I realized what they were doing, I thought, 
I could just buy that and do it myself at my own house. So I did. And that way it doesn't cost as much. And then I have that advantage, as I said, that you can just get up and do it whenever you feel the urge to. Middle of the night, nothing else to do. Get up and record a song. Well, yeah. Yeah, and then I can't do it in the middle of the night. My wife won't let me. <laughs> hey, she's got no sense of humour. I don't know what's going on. Uh, is that uh, the reason why you recorded uh, three albums plus a uh, compilation album in 2020? Yes, that's because of the thingy bob. With the thing, we weren't allowed to go out. So um, I think I put out, what well, I did four, I think, four CDs last year, and I've done two this year. But yeah, I just had all these songs in me, and I thought, oh, I'll just get done do them. Uh, I sent them off to a bloke down in Brisbane. He does all my mastering for me. And then I get the uh, covers printed up here by a local printer. I probably have more downloads than anything else because I think everyone goes away from CDs. I don't know why. I'm so, I, I still buy vinyl. I love vinyl. <laughs> I like having a big thing in my I've hands, actually like. uh, started getting back into vinyl recently, so I can I can understand that. Oh, it's just something nice about it. You know, it's just like you unpack it and you've all this stuff in there and there's all this big writing you can read and you just... Oh, it's just nice. Yeah, just... Uh, I've been finding it interesting you know going into uh, music stores and you know back in the day you know even 15 years ago you know go to a music store you wouldn't find any vinyl you find cds and nowadays you're going in and there's probably more vinyl than there is cds on the shelf and as well as analog cassette tapes yes i've got a heap of them <laughs> i have a tendency to buy a lot of vinyl if i can directly from the bands if i can do it direct that way you can get them signed as well uh, the one I got, well, look at myself uh, as well. Yeah, the last one I got was a couple of days ago. It was the new Gary Newman one, which he signed, uh, a picture disc one he did. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the the new album now. Not Intruder or no, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but anyway, the new one he is just coming out with. Um, they he put it on um, Kickstarter or something, so I jumped on that, and then he's then put up little videos as he was going along recording it, so you could see what he was doing. Uh, and then uh, that came in about uh, yeah three or four days ago. Which is nice. Have you ever considered uh, putting some of your music on vinyl? I'd love to see. As far as I'm concerned, if you haven't got a record record in vinyl, you actually haven't recorded nothing. That's, you know, when you've done <laughs> it. But uh, it's very expensive, and, and I couldn't justify the, the cost of it because no one would buy them. <laughs> I just have lots of bits of plastic <laughs> sitting here thinking, well, they really look good. Wish someone would buy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I'm just I'm blown away by the cost of vinyl right now. Uh, they can easily be anywhere between forty to sixty dollars uh, here in Canada. Oh, if you convert that sure to Australian, that's probably about costs. three dollars, isn't it? In your money? No, something like yeah. that, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's our yeah, conversion? Rate? What's oh, I don't know. We're about, we're seventy six cents to the American dollar, and we're about fifty five okay. pence to the English pound. So basically, you just double to Amer uh, to England, and then about three quarters of it for America. That's usually what the, the rule of thumb is. I think we're about the same. We're about seventy-five cents on the uh, American dollar. Ah, oh, see, that's what happens when you're in a rich country. Yeah, uh, us poor people over here, yeah. we're still up going up chimneys, cleaning them, and oh dear, so sad. No, there was a time actually a few years ago when we were actually uh, our dollar was worth more than the American dollar. Oh, we so, did. Yeah, I think we got up. To, I think we got up to one ten at one point. Yes, when they had the big crash years ago, we got up to about a dollar yeah. five. So we actually, because I was buying heaps of stuff from America, because it was really cheap. 
Uh, but the only country at the moment we're better as is New Zealand. New Zealand are about a dollar eight to us, so we get an extra eight cents. Wow. <laughs> Trouble is, they have got nothing over there you want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, does the band do a lot of traveling when you uh, play shows? Uh, well, the trouble with uh, well, probably have the same problem you have in America, in Canada. Everyone in Australia is miles around from everybody, um, so. Uh, what we did, we had we had a, like last year we had a gig to Canberra, so that was going to be three days driving and three days driving back, uh, and then we had one at Adelaide, which was five days driving there and five days driving back. Uh, we've done a couple in New South Wales, which was three days there and three days back. Uh, you can like have yeah, got an airplane of course, which would be quicker, but trouble is that we have to take our PA with us, which means it goes in the car. Mm -hmm. uh, too expensive to go putting those things on an airplane. Unless we have a private yeah. jet. If anyone wants to give me a private jet, just post it to me. In fact, don't even worry about posting for me. Tell me you got it and I'll come over and get it.
so we have all that problem like 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 last week. That was a four hour drive up up north and four hours back. Uh, and that's just how it is. When you live here, it, it's like nothing. It's not a, a big thing. You just get used to it. Uh, Whereas, of course, in England, everything's mm-hmm. five minutes away from everybody. So you go from town to town, and uh, you're a bit more populated than what we are, I think, over your way. So you should have should have as much biggest distance between towns, I don't think. Not a huge distance, but uh, I mean, here in Manitoba, we're a fairly small province and uh, fairly small uh, cities. So for any of the big, uh, any of the big cities out of province, you know, yeah, we're probably looking at about fifteen, sixteen-hour drive. Mm-hmm. But you've got a lovely country. I'd love to go to Canada. It's one of those things on my bucket list. I went to America once and that was enough. Uh, but Canada, I'd just love to go to Canada. Because the fact is you have all that Celtic music there as well. And you have a, you're, you're yes. more of a wide range. You're not so much compartmentalised in your taste of music saying, this is what we have. Don't even bring that other stuff in here. And But you seem to have a more of a... Like up in here, up north in Cairns, they have a, a more open mind for different sorts of music. Whereas in Townsville, we're just stuck to the same boring cover bands. Yeah, no, we've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good mix of different styles of music around uh, around Canada, and uh, even within our province, uh, we have a fairly wide range of uh, different musical styles mm-hmm. uh, that are being played by various bands. Uh, one of our guys, one of our uh, local musicians, who's a folk musician, just recently got um, some international recognition because I guess one of his cousins is famous and gave him a shout out and all of a sudden you know hit the number of uh hits on his Bandcamp page just you know went through the roof cool so he's been finding himself you know internationally you know recognized and you know people talking about him places that never thought he would be talked about oh, well if you see him next tell him i'll slip him a lazy 20 dollar note if he'll mention me somewhere well, that's the whole point of the podcast, is <laughs> trying to bring you know, music from around the world to... Yeah, well, we're more popular in England than we are in Australia, because we get played on a few English radio stations over there, <laughs> and the steampunk stations, so uh, it, it's it's very strange that we're sort of more well-known over that way than we are here. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Steampunk radio station. This is actually yes, a thing up in the UK. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, yes, uh, Lincoln and Sheffield and around that area. There's a bloke called Neville Egan, uh, Stephen C. Davis, he does the GASP show, and Hal Crompton does a, uh, a steampunk show, radio show. Uh, you'll find him on YouTube and Facebook. I'm going to have to definitely look that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, there's... You know, we got rock bands, you know, rock uh, stations, we got country stations, you know, we got all the usual, you know, mainstream, but nobody ever really does stuff like that oh no they got they got a lot of them uh there was a thing had in los angeles krypton radio uh that was an internet radio station we pop up on there every now and then and we did get on apparently uh, an american sailor downloaded my one of my cds and they played it on their battleship um radio station that they had or something they were playing on there i did remember getting once a royalty check from a radio station in ireland for two dollars thirty one and they, apparently they played one of my songs that we don't even play live. Uh, so I got this little check. I thought, oh, how cute. <laughs> I have no idea who, who they were or anything. I couldn't, couldn't track them down or, or nothing about it. So just a strange Irish radio station. <laughs> uh, do you ever do any of these science fiction or uh, fantasy conventions, comic book conventions? Uh, we, we've done one in Rockhampton, which is eight hours drive south. Uh, we've done a, a steampunk festival 
in the middle of New South Wales, which is down near the Snowy Mountains in a place called Nimitabel. And we were to do Adelaide Steampunk Festival last year, but it all got locked down with everything, with the, the virus thing going around. So we missed out on that one. And we were asked to go over, or we were planning on going over anyway, uh, to play at the Steampunk Festival called Raising Steam over in uh, Sheffield in England. So that was on the cards. So then we said we'll try to do it next year or this year, but we couldn't do it this year because it's still not allowed to leave the country. Right. So we uh, we thought, oh, perhaps next year, but it looks like when they reckon uh, we won't be getting out of the country until 2023. They've oh, locked the borders until then. So it's just us, the sharks, the spiders, and the snakes, and the crocodiles. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the spiders that will probably ensure that I never visit Australia. No, they're nice if you come up behind them and just stroke them cheek. Your little chin, just a little stroke. <laughs> It's when they uh, surprise them, they get cranky. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I've got, I've got, I went. There's a place like, what's your version? Uh, sort of like Walmart or something. There's a thing called Bunnings over here, which is just a hardware shop. And I got this massive. I've never seen one before. It was this big, a massive fly spray can of fly spray. It was huge. It's great big massive handle on it, like a trigger thing. It's not just a little button you press. It's got a big trigger, like a, a pistol or something. And mm-hmm. I thought that's for me. And I've got them dotted around the house, so anything comes around here, <laughs> you've got no chance. <laughs> we have something similar, but we use it for bears. Ah, oh, bears? Ah, oh, they just <laughs> little cuddly things. Don't hurt the little <laughs> bears. Ah, oh, no, the poor little, poor little bears. <laughs> it says something about the country when they have, you know, bear spray cans for insects. Yes. It's like people come over and say, oh, look at those nice little cute koalas. Yeah, mate, you get one of them, go run up your legs, that's bloody hurt. Then you start telling me how cute they are. <laughs> Rip your face off, giving half a chance. It's only because they sleep most of the day that they don't sort of get everybody all the time. they got very sharp claws. They will hurt you. <laughs> oh, I've, uh, I've managed to see a koala up close, and yeah, it's, I definitely would not want to be holding on to one, especially not uh, if it was agitated. Yeah, the ones you see people hold, that's because they're drugged. We drug yeah. them, and then we give them to you to hold. They're totally off their face. They don't know what's going on. Who would you listen to some of your <laughs> musical influences? Well, see, I like all the old, bit, old ones, like uh, The Move, The Kinks. Because I was born in England, so I came to Australia when I was 15. Um, so all my growing up music was all English stuff. So, uh, yeah, The Faces and uh, I say The Kinks particularly. Uh, and also Divine Comedy. I love Young Neil. Uh, lately I've been getting some um, dark cabaret stuff some French chanson music Uh, I don't speak French I did two years at school and I remember absolutely nothing Uh, I'm sure it'll come in handy one day Uh, so but uh, I've been getting a lot of those ones lately I don't know why I've just suddenly had this little urge it's like a couple of years ago I had an urge to have every single bit of music that Jethro Tullaby put out and no. so I started getting all of that. All the, here's the album. Here's a fourth edition album. Here's a fourth edition album with shiny covers and so on and so forth. You yeah. suddenly have one album and you've got 20 versions of it. It's still the same album. Um, but so I, I do have a wide range. I do draw the line. at um, Look, I know people like country music and I do feel sorry for them. But if you feel happy about it, then you just enjoy yourself with country music. But it does do a thing for me. And... Uh, uh, hip hop, I can sort of take a leap. Some of it's not too bad, but uh, things. There's a certain point where they're all just saying the same thing, and it's not making any difference. I like music that has imagination in it. It's got a bit of artistic sort of stuff in it. Um, a lot of the stuff that's coming around there is I call picture music, 
because that's sort of it. It's just something you make, sounds the same as others, you put it on the wall and you forget about it. And no one remembers it. But people still remember all the stuff from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was when you, you could go to the, the, the top 40 charts and you'd have things like Inglewood Humperdinck and Tom Jones in it. And then you have Led Zeppelin in it. And then you have Deep Purple in it. And then you have someone that was just was on a TV show and put out a novelty song. And then you have this whole wide range of different genres all on the same uh, charts. But nowadays it's just all the same song that's on the charts. So it's not that big wide range anymore. On every average day, uh, what albums would uh, we find you listening to? Uh, well, I've been listening to a thing called Babylon Circus. That's one of these uh, French uh, chanson bands. Uh, they're a part reggae, part uh, cabaret, and a bit of little, not really steampunk, a little bitish steampunky. Uh, but uh, I've been getting a couple of theirs, and they uh, they only have one album that's still available. The other ones you've, they've sort of deleted over the years, so I managed to get hold of one. Uh, and I found some other little clips on YouTube I've been listening to. Uh, what else have I got here? Apart from the Gary Newman the other day, I was trying to look behind me here. Uh, oh, I've got tons of David Bowie. I used to like Queen a lot, but then, but then they got to the point where it was getting a bit, I don't know, the same. I get If you keep hearing people playing the same songs all the time, you sort of lose interest. Uh, what have we got over there? Oh, hold on. Ah, I see some ones I've got over here. Uh, swing Growers. Um, uh, the Real Tuesday World. Uh, Wolf Alice just put out a new one, which is quite nice, which I like. Uh, Epica. Oh, yes, I, I like uh, Norwegian and Swedish uh, symphonic metal. Okay. So Night Wishes and Epica uh, Within Temptation and all those ones. Yeah. Uh, Stack Ridge. I've got a couple of Stack Ridge I was just listening to as well. Uh, what else have I got there? Well, that's, about, that's, the, that's the latest ones I've just been listening to in the last probably two weeks. They just have to be handy. <laughs> but I do. I, so I do like a wide range, but I just like something that's been that's had some thought put into it, and it's not formula. Music climbing your head 
What other bands have you performed with? Well, my very first band was called uh, Rock and Molly. That was the Irish band. Yes. Uh, and then from there, when uh, Bob died, we called it No Half Measures. Uh, but say it only lasted a couple of months because everyone sort of just drifted off. And then um, uh, then had Litmus as it was, and now it's Litmus Steampunk Band. And now we're actually just changing our name now to drop the word punk out of it and to make it Litmus Steam Band. Okay. Because uh, we've had a few people think that when it's got the word steampunk, we're going to be punks. Right. And quite frankly, I'm too old to be a punk. I did no, it last week. Uh, well, last week I was jumping up and down, doing a bit of pogo in, playing a guitar, and oh, yeah. I was sore afterwards. What other steampunk bands have you uh, shared the stage with? Uh, nobody. There's, there really isn't any really? steampunk bands here over in Australia. That's the trouble. Um there's a band called Sideshow Annie, which is like a normal covers band, and then they occasionally do steampunk stuff. I think they've put out one album. Uh, but down in Tasmania, there's a gentleman called Gordon Stoker, who has a band, he's called Five and Seven, which he started up down there. Now, he used to be in a band called Gladstone over in England, uh, and he does a little uh, radio show down there, and he plays our stuff and plays his stuff. And he's more punky than anything else. Uh, and he's a jumps up and down and carries on to it and he's my age i'm thinking you bugger how dare you jump up and down like that uh and he, he's really good so they came from uh, i think they came from lincoln originally i was down there a couple of years ago to go to the tasmanian steampunk festival and i was there having a chat to him and talked on his radio show did an interview on his show uh but he's a really nice bloke and they, they're still going at the moment i think they lost their guitar player and they just got a new one in but if you want to go to it, go to Facebook. It's called Five or Seven, and it, there's, it's steampunky, but uh, very punk, more on the punky side. I'll look that up. But otherwise, there's really not anybody else that I've come across. Um, there was, I think, there's a band in South Australia who does covers, but dresses steampunk, but does actually play steampunk songs. And to me, if you're gonna, if you're a steampunk band. You are because you're doing the, the themes of your songs are steampunky. It's, you know, anyone could just put a hat and goggles on. That doesn't make you steampunk. You've got to have the the songs with the the, the feel of the song as well in it. Yeah, like all the other ones, your Abney Parks and your uh, well, I don't know about your steampunk giraffes. They sort of drifted away a little bit, but um, all the other ones that are around, men who uh, will be blamed for nothing over in England. They're, they're again, they're more punky. 
Uh, but right. all those still have the themes of the, the, the songs of steampunk in them. Yeah, and that's what started a, uh, me off in the first place. There's a song going around a few years ago, uh, glue some gears on it and call it steampunk. Oh, yeah, little uh, mate on the tell. Oh, yes, I've seen it a few times on there. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. I like it. He had another one called about tulips on the on the piano. He had this piano with tulips on, which is a full of double entendres. <laughs> yes, my my wife says she loves a good double entendre, so I gave her one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's a really really good song. I can't remember what his name is though, because I think he's only had a couple out. I think I don't know if he's put out an album or not. I've not seen one. If he has, I'll go and buy it. But. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to look yeah. into it myself. See, because you've got your other ones, like your um, Gentleman B, the Rhymer, and your Professor Elemental do the Chap Hop. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote a Chap Hop song just to, thought, well, I could do that. So I did one called Rural Britannia. So uh, we, that was, oh, I can't remember which album that was on. But uh, that occasionally we play that. Sometimes I feel funny playing a song about England <laughs> in front of people that, England, go home, you pommy bugger. <laughs> So what festivals would you like to actually find uh, Litmus uh, Steam Band? Um, we will play at? anywhere, anyone that has us. We never say no to nothing. We're basically a band slut, if you know what I mean. That's what that's what we do. You say, can you play it? Certainly can, no worries. Do you want money? If you want to give us some, fair enough. If you don't, we'll still play anyway. And if you don't want us to play there, we're going to stand outside the fence and annoy you. So there's, there's a few around, but... Uh, I don't, I don't know if we're big enough yet to be able to be asked to places to certain ones. You've probably got to have a big name for yourself, and that's where our, our drawback is that we're in the wrong part of the world for that. So what's coming up next for the band? Uh, so at the moment, we've just got one little gig next month, but at the moment, say, because of lockdown, we're now on another two weeks of uh, mask wearing and a uh, limited amount of people can go. So uh, the only bands really playing around our area at the moment are uh, singles and duos they sort of don't really want bands to go in because you you go into a, a pub or something and uh, or even a little council festival they might have and they the numbers are so small that it's, it's got to the point where you can't really afford to have a full band come in so we're just sort of sitting by and uh waiting for things to happen and change i suppose if i invented a cure for everything then uh, we wouldn't have this problem oh, i could do that tomorrow i've got, no, I've got nothing on yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just take over the kitchen, kick the wife out, and just say, "Look, I'm going to need your your cooking utensils, darling. This might smell horrible, but in the end, it'll be worth it." You might not want to come in. We're dealing with some very nasty things here. Yeah, and it's green. It's not pretty. <laughs> well, in two years, where do you see uh, let my uh, steam band being? Uh, being lauded and fading all over, and given money, and asked to do. Uh, extraordinary promotional things for lots more money and then I'll retire and say right I'm going to go and spend all this dosh I've got uh, and then I'll be happy but will I really be happy money doesn't make you happy does it I mm, think you find it does <laughs> uh, trust me if I had more money I'd be far happier than I am now <laughs> of course you would everyone would everyone says money can't buy happiness it can it can buy tons of it in big bucket loads. It'd be nice to be known. Um, like when I started doing music, because sometimes I'll go to, we have gigs and I'll take CDs and I'll just give them away. Uh, it, to me, when I did it, I, was, I thought, 
well, people like when stars, you know, your Jim Hendrix and all them, when they all started dropping off and everybody else, and then your David Bowie went and else. I kept thinking, well, when they died, they've still got stuff behind, and people know they were on the planet. So mm. that's why I, I sort of started doing music and recording in the first place, is so that when I find, finally die, I'm still around. People could say, oh, let me put that on. Well, I wonder what happened to him. Oh, he went belly up. Oh, it's a shame. I'll buy another one. And so his, his children could get the royalties that I didn't get. But uh, it's one of that. I think nowadays you don't get um, uh, all the record labels now don't really. Oh, they're sort of just hanging on, really, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I tried to do Spotify. I worked out the other day with Spotify to get. If I had 5,000 streams, that's the same amount of money I would get if I sold one CD. So I can't see the point of putting it on Spotify because you have to have distributors pay fees for distributors, pay the Spotify money as well. But on Bandcamp, which is where I've got them at the moment, um, I just they only take a small couple of dollars out of it. So I put through all my CDs and sent them around to different Facebook pages yesterday saying, right, all the CDs are $2 each now. Help yourself. Uh, and that way, I was going to do it for free, but I figured if I do it for free, people won't download them because they'll say, no, there's something wrong. It's free. We don't trust him. We don't trust people to give things for free. But if he's charged two dollars, they think, "Oh, bargain." Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's how I do it. I try to I go on Bandcamp. I look for different bands and you know support them by downloading uh, by buying and uh, downloading their music. Hmm. Have you got a band? Uh, no, I don't actually. I have no talent whatsoever. Not even good at interviewing people. Well, I thought you do a good job. <laughs> I used to no, work on a, a little radio station, a little community one, one day, and I used to do little interviews every now and then. Uh, and I found if you go through um, music magazines and you just copy all the questions out of those that yeah. people have asked, oh, that'll do. I'll just that, and I'll change that to fit this thing. You've been have to do any work. Oh, that's uh, pretty much how I got my start. I went through a bunch of uh, different websites, you know, went on Google, and it's like, you know, best uh, questions to ask a musician. Yeah. And just copied all those we're, down. we're intelligent and know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask intelligent people get me a musician <laughs> where's the drum <laughs> All right. um, so where can people find you online uh, well I did have a Facebook uh, well, we've got the Facebook page and we've got the band camp page I had a web page up till about uh, January uh, and I don't know if anyone ever went on it uh, I'm, one, I'm a real lazy bugger like that. I hate doing all the media things. And I'm trying to get that, some of the other band to do it. I keep saying, will someone do this? I don't want to keep doing it. I don't like diaries and things. Uh, so got to the stage where I kept getting bills from the website place saying, oh, you got to do this. I said, I paid that. He says, no, that was for this bit. you got to pay this bit for this bit. So then it got to the point. I said, look, no one's probably going on there. I'll just close that one down, the web page. Um, Otherwise, we're just on there. And if you Google us, we pop up little things. There's some YouTube clips I've done. Uh, very amateurish, not the best. It's very hard to get <laughs> to do YouTube. Everyone says, no, just get a camera. And you just walk around and go click, click and things and that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite easy. It's not that quite that easy. Yeah. But there's a, a, a program called Resolve, DaVinci Resolve. I think it's up to version yes. 17. And it's free. So I've got hold of that. And I started doing things like that's what they use in um, uh, proper cinema people, music, movie yeah. people use it as well. And you get a free version, and you get the flasher one, which is costs you a couple hundred dollars. I think it's about seven or eight hundred dollars or something. 
but the free one is about, is basically about three quarters of what the, the, the cost one is. Uh, and you can just do heaps with that. And so I've discovered doing that one. So uh, uh, I've been trying to get the band to do together so we can do a video now, but we're not allowed to go out anywhere. So um, it's hard. <laughs> well, you can always get them dancing in front of their uh, webcams. I, I did one like that. I says to that, and then we had Tony with us with playing congas, and then I put him on there, and he just looked like he was asleep. <laughs> and, then, and I thought, oh, this really doesn't look very good, but I thought at least it's something. Uh, there's a couple of live ones there. We did a, uh, we did a, uh, was it a historical village about two months ago up north, and we played there. They've asked us back next year, so we've guaranteed a gig next year in May. We're going to Herberton. If you're not doing nothing and you're in Australia, go to Herbden. You'll see us there. We're there for two days. Um, uh, but we'll try to do a little thing there. Uh, but there's been some little bits of videos taken on different cameras, and I've got to get it all together, and I'll see if I can put something together to make it look like a song. Uh, it might be just have to be us wandering around, and then I'll just put a, a song in the background mm -hmm. uh, as, as a background music sort of thing, I'll see. But uh, again, I sort of like I prefer doing music than to doing all that other stuff. But uh, someone in the band that's doing it, it always seems to be me. <laughs> well, it's joys of being me. the band leader. Of course, I you know. have to learn to delegate. Don't ask. I, Tell I them. do. I, I keep telling them, and they just look at me. I say, oh, yeah. Uh, have you done it yet? No. Because at the moment, I decided that we're going to do a, a proper show. A bit like um, Rocky Horror, except better. Uh, so there'll be two versions. So there'll be like a, a proper cabaret show, which will go have a beginning and an end in the middle, and they'll have a little story going through. And then there'll be a short one. So when we play festivals, they usually usually get like forty minutes a set. So then we'll have a forty-minute version of it, and then we'll have the full-length version. So we're we're starting to put ideas together to do that. So hopefully we can get that summing up and running, uh, and then we'll make a DVD out of it, and then take it to Cairns uh, Festival. And lie on the beaches with those half-naked ladies. Mm -hmm. Wondering what we'll do with them if we got one. Uh, and then uh, become more famous. I don't want to be famous. Somebody make me famous. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap that up there. So, Richard, mm -hmm. thank you very much for coming out. I really appreciate oh, my it. Pleasure. Thank yeah, you for letting me have an interview. No, it's been lovely talking to you. And that was another episode of the Geeksman Podcast. Huge thank you going out to Richard Ryle of the Litmus Steam Band. If you want to find more of their music, you can find them at litmus.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the music featured on the podcast today, you can find We Launched Our Rocket and The Great Ship Spoiler off of Ominum Gatherums Volume 1 and 2, and Dreaming and Jiving off of Swing Towards Victory. As always, I'm your host, The Cory Geek, signing off.